This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. We started our Bless series last week, and we're going to continue it today. So we're going to look at the Word of God today. Can we all say the Word of God? How many of y'all believe the Word of God? Amen? How many of you believe that, that, that whatever the Word says, we got to go with it, right? So we're going to hop into this today, and this might be a little bit of a hard teaching for some folks, and I just want to tell you, listen, I'm just giving you what the Word of God says. But last week we started with this series, and we, we talked about uh, having a heart and developing a generous heart. Uh, we mentioned that, that we can often have a selfish heart, that's, that's us not wanting to be generous. Uh, we mentioned that we can have a grieving heart, so often whenever we give, and it's not always just financial. We mentioned that last week. Giving is not always financial. As a matter of fact, the word is all about giving. And many times it's not talking about giving because we said the greatest scripture that talks about giving is John 3.16. God gave what his only begotten son. So it's not always about finances. But we talked last week about the selfish heart and then we can have a grieving heart to where we grieve after we give. Uh, and then we talked about how we just need to develop that generous heart and that we're so blessed because Jesus gave everything for us. And so that's kind of how we started uh, week one, just having a generous heart. And so today we're going to uh, talk more about giving, but we're going to kind of go old school um, about the tithe, all right? And so I just want to encourage you, just, just hang with me. Um, if you're a younger person, if you're in your teens, your 20s, your 30s, uh, I'm in my 40s. I don't feel like I'm too young these days. I want to encourage you, if, if you're younger, what we're going to talk about today can be a game changer in your life. And anybody who has applied this to their life will say amen. Um, it can be an absolute game changer, and it'll affect your family. It'll affect so many areas of your life. So just hang with me. But I want to start with a couple of questions. First of all, how many of you believe that every good thing we have comes from God? I'm going to ask you again because I want to hear that. How many of you believe every good thing we have comes from God? Yeah. Uh, you know, James 1.17 confirms that, actually. Uh, the second question is, and this is just a random question, how many of you guys really like a guarantee? Have you ever had like a, uh, a situation, maybe something's wrong with your car, there's something going on at your house, and you don't know what it is, but it, it's... A lot of times it makes you feel good whenever you have maybe a professional look at it and they say, listen, I guarantee this is your problem and this is going to fix your problems. Anybody like that? Because I'm not very um, skilled in you know, fixing things necessarily. And whenever somebody says, this is going to fix your problem, I like that. And it's like, okay, just do it, right? <laughs> so we're going to talk about a guarantee that God gives us. And whenever we say that, we believe that all good things come from God. As a result, we need to thank God for all those good things. Can everybody agree with that today? But did you know that the Lord actually offers us a guarantee if we do what he asks us to do in the Word of God? He's so confident in what he says, he says, you can actually test me in this. It's kind of like a challenge. Like whenever I tell my son, I'm going to do it. Come on, just try me, right? <laughs> do that again and see what happens, son. Try me. Anybody ever done that? Just like, come on, test me in this. But that's what the Lord does. And, and this test is actually related to our finances. And so we have the opportunity to pass or to fail this test of his every time we earn income. We can pass it or we can fail it. 
It's about what do we do with that first 10% of what he gives us because once again, all the good comes from him. What do we do with that? He's blessed us and many times we don't thank him with that that he asked for. And the truth is a lot of times people will thank others you know, for loaning the money for a house. They'll thank Trustmark. That's who gets my mortgage money every month. They'll thank Chase for the car note. They'll thank Visa for the credit, but they don't thank God for all of it. Come on now. And so who are we going to thank for all that we have? And the truth is that Chase, that Trustmark, that Visa can't bless your finances, but he can. So if we're going to thank anybody, wouldn't he be the one that we want to thank? Amen. But today we're going to look at what he expects from us. And this may be new material for some of you. We're, we're going to look at it from a lot of different angles. I may go a few minutes over, but once again, based on the material that I'm teaching and how I think it can really be a life changer, I hope you all are okay with that. Amen? I hope you're okay with that. Uh, so we're going to go Malachi 3 this morning. You've probably heard this scripture, but Malachi 3, we're going to start in verse 6. It says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. He doesn't change. In other words, whenever he says something... It was good back then, and it's good now. Amen? I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what ways, in what way shall we return? In what way shall we return? So real quick, he says that he doesn't change there, and then he says... Uh, that you've not kept my ordinances. Now, ordinances here are basically talking about principles of how the Lord expects us to live as his children, okay? So verse 8, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. The Lord's using the word robbed here a lot. Your, trans, your translation may say stolen from me, but you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And test me. Somebody say test me. Your translation may say try me. Test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will not be enough room for you to receive it. I, I love that. He said, look, just, just test me in this. And whenever you do it, I'm going to bless your socks off is what he's saying. It's going to be overwhelming. That's what he's saying. And then verse 11, I really like this. And I'm going to rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed. How many of y'all want to be called blessed? Come on now. We'll call you blessed for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. So once again, he kicks off and he says, listen, I don't change. And he says, you've gone away from the behavior that you should have been living by. You've walked away from my ordinances. And, and as a result, you're cursed with a curse. Now listen, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, some Christians are going to say that, that, that they can't be under a curse because Christ bore the curse of the law on the cross, and he did for your salvation. 
He did for your salvation. But I also want you to know this, that there are things that there are still consequences for. A curse is like a consequence. So for instance, can you go murder somebody and there not be a consequence? Can you go steal and there not be a consequence? Well, if you steal from God, guess what? There's a consequence. Because he says here, you've stolen from me. You've robbed me is what he's saying there. So again, all that we have, it comes from him. And he's just asking for that 10% back for himself. And that's why he said, you've stolen from me because you've kept the portion that's mine. As a matter of fact, in Joshua 7, 11 with Achan, I don't know if you remember, he says this. He says, Israel has stolen from me. Because what Achan kept, he said, this is to be set aside for me. This is mine. But since Achan kept just a little bit of it, he looked at it, he said, you've stolen from me. From the portion that he wanted. But these are real strong words, aren't they? I mean, this verse right here can kind of get you uncomfortable. And if we were to be honest, a lot of us guys, whenever we're told what to do with our money, it can kind of make us squirm just a little bit. Because we feel like we work real hard for it, don't we? Can we all get honest today? How many of you feel like you work really hard for your money, and then after you get your paycheck, after the taxes, after the different things come out, the insurance comes out, and you're like, there ain't much left. But I, I want you to know this, is that God says, this is what I'm asking for you to do, and if you do this, I'm going to bless your socks off. And can I go ahead and tell you, God has been blessing our socks off for years. Anybody else? Can you say amen to that? He's been doing things with our finances that at times it doesn't add up. It just doesn't add up. But he's saying, you've stolen from me and you voluntarily put yourself under a curse, but I don't want you to be under a curse is what he's saying in this scripture here. Now, these scriptures are actually in the Old Testament. Barely. And whenever I say barely, a lot of times people feel like the Old Testament doesn't apply to us today. I mean, like they kind of came in at the last second on the Old Testament. If you fast forward about 12 verses from where we stopped, you're in Matthew 1.1. And so very often there's an argument of, well, this is Old Testament. Does this apply to us today? I want to say this. Um, it is in the Old Testament, but also tithing is a test. That's our first point today. Tithing's a test. He's testing our hearts. And I think often people try to look for some kind of technicality so that you don't have to tithe, but God is just giving you the opportunity to be blessed. And he's actually so confident that he says, just try me in this, it's going to take place. It's going to take place. Jesus gave us everything. I mean, he gave us his life, and, and all the Lord's asking for is just a tenth. Uh, tithe is actually a Hebrew word, and it means one-tenth. And actually, whenever you look in the Word, you're going to see that the number 10 is often associated with testing. So, for instance, Pharaoh's heart was tested 10 times. And there was the plagues, right? There were 10 commandments. Uh, God tested Israel how many times in the wilderness? 10 is the correct answer. I was trying to just help you guys out there. Uh, Daniel was tested for 10 days. You see there's a pattern here. Um, there are 10 virgins who were tested, Matthew 25. How many days of testing are there mentioned in Revelation? But whenever you look in the Word, you'll see that, that 10 is often used with testing, and tithing is truly a test, and the Lord is asking us, listen, test me in this. 
It's a test for us, but also in return, he's saying, test me as well and see if I don't open up the windows of heaven and bless your life. See if I don't rebuke the devourer in your life. It's very unique, actually. But it's based on us believing that 90% with God's blessing will go further than 100% without it. Come on now. 90% with God's blessing, do you believe that it will go further than 100% without God's blessing? And I'll go ahead and tell you, I believe it because I've seen it in my life. So there's that whole Old Testament thing. Well, it was in the Old Testament. God doesn't change. But then there's the whole argument about people saying, well, tithe was under the law. Tithe was under the law. There's that argument as well. And they say, well, now we're under grace and we are saved by grace, amen. But um, there's actually some facts you need to know. Tithe actually came well before the law. And first of all, it's a test. Number two is, is that tithing's for today. It's for today. And here's what I want you to get. Yeah, it was in the Old Testament. And yes, it was part of the law, but it came before the law. And here's what I want you to understand about that. Whenever you look at Genesis 14, you hear about somebody by the name of Melchizedek. Now, whenever you start to look at Melchizedek, it's actually one of these really cool nuggets in the Word of God. We don't read much about him. What we know about him is, is that there's no genealogy. Uh, there's no beginning. There's no end. That's mentioned in Hebrews. But in Genesis 14, verse 18, it says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, Salem means peace, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tithe of all. Or we see this instance of tithing from Abraham tithing to Melchizedek. Yo, this is 500 years before the law. So it didn't start with the law. It was actually in place before the law. Galatians calls Abraham our spiritual father, and we see that he tithed 500 years before the law. As a matter of fact, in John 8, 39, there's this great conversation with Jesus and some really religious folks. And they mention to Jesus, they say, well, we're um, sons of Abraham. And he says this, he says, then if you're a son of Abraham, then you need to go and do the deeds of Abraham. If he's your father, go and do the deeds of Abraham. Now, Abraham was known for a couple of main things. His faith in God for Isaac, and then what we just read right here. So faith in giving as Abraham. Do the deeds of Abraham. So that was, again, 500 years before the law. And then Jacob says this in Genesis, and this was 400 years before the law. So this would have been about 100 years later. Genesis 28, verse 22. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. So 400 years before the law, you've got Jacob giving a tenth or giving a tithe to the Lord as well. Leviticus 27 verse 30 says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is whose? It's whose? The Lord's. And what is it? It's holy. It's holy. Now, holy means set apart. So it's holy, so it's set apart for God. 
In other words, if we keep what's set apart for him, that means that we're stealing, right? So that's what we read earlier in Malachi. Whenever we keep what's set apart, whenever we keep what's holy, whenever we keep what he asked for, then we're actually stealing or robbing the Lord. So we've seen where it's before the law. We see where it's in the Old Testament, of course. But how many of you would feel better if you, you saw it in the New Testament? Would anybody feel better? I mean, let's just cover the whole thing, right? Because then there are some people, and I had somebody tell me this, well, you really don't read about the tithe in the New Testament, so I don't know if it really applies there either. Just looking for loopholes. It's in the New Testament as well. How many of you believe that what Jesus said is truth? Good. Whenever you see red, that's always a good thing, and we need to pay attention whenever we see words in red, all right? All right, well, good, 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 good. So let's look at Matthew 23, 23. And I love this right here. And this is Jesus talking about the tithe. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Boy, he didn't really uh, beat around the bush, did he? I mean, I mean, he just went on and hammered them really good. You hypocrites. All right. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law. Justice and mercy, and faithfulness. But these are the things that you should have done without neglecting the others. So let's, let's talk about this real quick. What do we just read right here? He's saying, listen, you tithe. As a matter of fact, you're like an extreme tither. You're, you're tithing spices and seasoning and, and cumin and dill and all these things. He's like, you're going above and beyond with the tithe but you're not taking care of these other things. You're not doing the basic things such as justice and giving mercy. So he says there, he says, these are things you should have done without neglecting the others. So what's he saying? Every bit of it should be done. Does that make sense to y'all? So justice, mercy, forgiveness, in addition to tithing as well. So Jesus just shows us that it's for today as well. Amen? Anybody get anything out of this today? All right, good, 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 good. But he tells them, y'all, you should be doing this as well. And again, this is Jesus in the New Testament. If you look this up in Matthew, it's words in red. We mentioned Melchizedek a little while ago. And Hebrew says that, that Jesus is our Melchizedek. And just so you know, Melchizedek, like I said, there's no beginning, there's no ending. Um, he's looked at as a type of Christ. Some believe that he truly was Christ. But Hebrews 7, 8 says this, it says, here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Now let's talk about what this verse means. Here, for instance, in this house right here, in the house of God, uh, here mortal men, human beings, manage the finances that come in. But according to Hebrews, whenever they're given, in heaven he receives it. He receives it, and he's the one who blesses it, amen? He's the one that blesses it. We don't have the power to bless you. Pam, who's our administrator, doesn't have the power to bless you, but he has the power to bless you. By the way, I heard a joke the other day, talking about the blessings of God. Somebody walks out of a store, and they see a lady who's crying, and they say, well, what, what is it? And she said, I just lost $200, and they said, hmm, and so they gave her $40 of the 200 they had just found a few minutes earlier. And they said, you know, you got to bless others after God blesses you. 
That was a really good joke, guys. Um, all right, so it's for today. Number three, tithing is a blessing. Tithing is a blessing. That's the third thing. Uh, in 2 Chronicles 31, you've got Hezekiah and he's reading scripture. And they're honestly in an economic recession at this point. Um, he realizes that the nation is ultimately under a curse whenever he reads the word because they've been stealing from God. And so in 2 Chronicles 31.4, it says, Moreover, he commanded the people who dwelt in Jerusalem to contribute support for the priests and the Levites, that they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord. So give to the house of God. Verse 5, As soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits. The first fruits, the first of their income, of their harvest. They brought in abundance the first fruits of grain and wine, oil and honey, and of all the produce of the field. And they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. And the children of Israel and Judah who dwelt in the cities of Judah brought the tithe of oxen and sheep, also the tithe of holy things, which were consecrated to the Lord their God, they laid in heaps. Verse 7, in the third month they began laying them in heaps, and they finished in the seventh month. And when Hezekiah and the leaders came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. Then Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps. And Azariah, the chief priest from the house of Zadok, answered him and said, Since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and have plenty left. For the Lord, who? The Lord has blessed his people. And what is left is this great abundance. Now let me set all this up for you and explain it to you real quick. Hezekiah is reading and realizes that they are in this bad recession right now. They've got problems going on. And he realizes that they've been robbing the Lord. Can we all say robbing? They've been robbing the Lord. And so he says, listen, we got to start doing it right. we got to do it God's way. we got to give the way we should have been giving. It says that they were giving in the third month. That was a harvest month for them. So they started giving in the third month. As soon as they were blessed with increase, they immediately started giving the tenth, the first fruits to the Lord. The seventh month, it says that they kept on giving in, into the seventh month. The seventh month was also a harvest month, and they continued to give. Now, whenever Hezekiah comes back, he sees how much has been given. And it's this insane amount. So much so that he's concerned that the people don't have enough for themselves. And the priests say, no, 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 no. Let us just tell you what happened. In the third month, the people started giving first fruits. And God has blessed them so much continually. This is just the tithe that you're looking at right here. This is only 10% that you're looking at here. And he goes on to say, you should see what's outside of here that they have because the Lord has blessed them. Isn't that amazing right there? I mean, they're just given the 10th that the Lord asked for and God instantly started blessing them. Now I want to go ahead and just tell you, tithers will usually say that they are just so blessed. Can anybody who believes in tithing, can they say that? Amen? Uh, people that are, are not tithers... They're normally going to say, we can't afford to tithe. Maybe you're feeling that today if you're not a tither. And I, I want to go ahead and just tell you, y'all, this is not a, a teaching to condemn you. 
Um, this is not a teaching where we're trying to beat you up. I want you to hear my heart today. I want you to catch on to this so God can bless you. Come on now. I've seen it in my life. I saw it in my family's life. I got to be real transparent with you. Whenever we first moved to Florida and my dad took his job and I was in elementary school, it, things were very lean for our family. But I've seen mom and dad never miss writing a tithe check. And I saw what God did in our life. And so much so that I got on board whenever I was a teenager and I have never looked back as well. It wasn't out of obligation, feeling like mom and dad expected me to do it. It was because I saw what he did in my family's life, and I expect my kids to see what he's doing in our life and for them to continue on because, let me tell you, he's blessed the Amoson family. And many of y'all here have that same testimony that you've given, and man, he has blessed you. Amen? He's blessed you. So it's not to beat anybody up, and as I said earlier, and I even shared with our team back here, these are like teachings I don't really like to do. But in the words of Pastor Keith Tusi, one of my spiritual fathers, he told me, he said, Gene, you've got to do this kind of stuff because your people need to know. All believers need to know this, right? So if you've maybe said, we can't afford to tithe, this isn't to beat you up. But here's the truth. You're not going to be able to afford to tithe until you begin to tithe. And you're like, that makes no sense, man. I'm telling you. That's just the way it's going to be. And if we were to be honest, there's times where we may have to adjust some of our spending. Sometimes we're, we're very liberal with our spending in some areas. And it could be vacations. It could be um, where we like to eat out. It can be hobbies. And it's just like, man, we, we, just, we have no problem spending on that kind of stuff. Um, but then there's other areas that's just like, oh, we can't do that because it'll take away from here. Let me go ahead and tell you, if you'll adjust this to make sure that God gets his tenth, he's going to bless you, I assure you. And this right here is going to be fine. Yeah, that's right. You'll be able to afford to tithe once you begin to tithe. I promise you. Amen. I absolutely promise you. And God tells you in Malachi, come on, just try me in this. Amen. See if I won't open up the windows of heaven. See if I won't rebuke the devourer in your life. I've heard people who, who don't tie say, I always feel like I'm about 10% short every month. That's ironic. Whenever you start operating at a 90%, ironically, God's going to make sure that you're not short. Whenever you give him his 10th, he's going to make sure that you're not short every month. But tithing rebukes the devourer in your life. And honestly, if you've not been giving, then there's a devourer that's getting to your finances. It's kind of like having a hole in your bucket. You can keep putting water in there, but if there's a hole in your bucket, it's just going to keep coming out. Let the Lord seal that hole up in your bucket, amen? And, and he'll fix it. Malachi 3.10 says, once again, bring the tithe into the storehouse that there might be food in my house that there might be food in my house. Now, hundreds of years ago, it was actually talking about literal food. Now, I want to ask you a question. How many of y'all enjoy, between the ministries here, the worship here, hopefully the teaching, how many of y'all enjoy the spiritual food that you get at Church Live? Does anybody? Can I get ultra blunt with you this morning? Somebody's paying for that food.
I mean, if we were to just get real, it, it takes money to, to run a church. And whenever I say run a church to pay for the electricity and the cool air conditioning we have going this morning, uh, it takes money to be able to have the stuff for the kids' ministries and, and to pay some of our leadership team. And It takes money, amen? And the Lord said, bring your tithe into the storehouse just as a reminder, the tithe goes into your local church. There's a lot of good that goes on with television ministries. There's a lot of good charities out there, but that's not where the Lord said to direct the tithe. He said to direct it to the storehouse, which is the local church. So I asked you about the, um, about the spiritual food. Are you blessed by it? And I mentioned that somebody had to pay for it. I don't think any of us here would go into a restaurant eat and then just walk out, would we? We need to give to the storehouse. And once again, this isn't to beat anybody up and if you just hear my heart, this is not anything I ever get really excited talking about. But I also want to tell you, the Lord says, try me in this. See if I won't open up the windows of heaven and bless your life. See if I won't rebuke the devourer that's getting to your finances. And I'm saying all this to you because the Lord wants to bless you. And it's not just about your finances. He wants to bless your family. He wants to bless your marriage. He wants to bless your kids. He wants to bless your job. I, I promise you, you will be blessed in all these areas as a result. Amen? In all these areas as a result. You've probably heard that the church is the bride of Christ. You've heard that before? And we're told to give to the church. I'm quite certain that the Lord's very concerned about how we treat his bride. We need to take care of the bride, amen? The parable of the talents in Matthew 25 shows us that whenever people aren't faithful with what the Lord gives them, that he will take and he will redistribute to those who are faithful. Are you being faithful with what he's given you? Something I want to ask you this morning. And why would the Lord bless those who are not concerned about his bride? Come on now. Why would the Lord bless those? It's a, it's a test and it's very important that we pass this test. Come on, stand with me today. In just a few minutes, it's going to be a few minutes, but we're actually going to receive tithes and offering. But I just wanted to, to kind of give the teaching before we did that today. Because I want you to think about what you're doing whenever you give today. Once again, this wasn't a teaching I promised you to beat anybody up. Um, it's not to condemn anybody. Although if, if maybe you've not been faithful with the tithe, hopefully the Holy Spirit's kind of working on you right now. And once again, it's because he wants to bless you. I've used this example a hundred times with my children. Whenever my children aren't obedient, they don't get the full blessings of dad, amen? Whenever they are, we take care of them. And it's the same way with the Lord. So today, if you're with your spouse, and if you've not been at that place to where you were giving as the word says, um, maybe this is the day to where we say, you know what, we're going to, do it God's way. Let, let's do it God's way. And just let him show out in our life. 
Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.